What's up, everybody? Today I want to talk about doing as little as possible and why I think this is actually good for your career rather than the other way around. Yesterday I was watching a YouTube video, I think it was a conference talk, and um, as it always does, it'll automatically switch to some random related video immediately. So I didn't even realize it, but all of a sudden I'm just watching kind of like a video blog of this guy who works at Microsoft, or did. And um, you, he didn't say it specifically, but it was very clear from, from how he was behaving and what he was doing that he was completely burnt out and done. We've talked about that on the podcast before. You get to that point where at your job, you're just, you're done. You have no passion for it. You don't enjoy it. You don't like your boss or how you're treated and you're done, right? Anyways, uh, as, as you can imagine then, the whole video blog was about him quitting his job after a decade or so, leaving in the middle of the night, and moving to Hawaii. I mean, if, if that doesn't spell burnt out, then, then what else does? When you're so done that in the middle of the night, you just pack up your keys and you move to Hawaii. And I don't know why. I've, I've never met this guy before. It was like a 20-minute uh, vlog, and I watched all of it. It was, it was kind of interesting. He would keep recording himself as he was making his way to the airport, just talking about Microsoft and how it's changed, uh, like one thing he said was um, back in the day, in the early days, even when there were like 30,000 people, but that's small compared to today. Uh, back then, they would have like parties on the first floor or after work, they would have beer parties. And he said it was kind of a college atmosphere, uh, but now things are very, very different and it doesn't even remotely resemble uh, the way it used to be back then. And that's just kind of a side note. But but one thing he did comment on that I found interesting, and it's something that I've talked about here too, is the fact that nobody can know it all. And it's one of those things when you're young, you think you can. And, and maybe for a brief period, a brief moment of time, you can actually pull it off. But nobody can keep up with it. And he had a really good example where he said, you are competing with imagination and you'll never win. And, and what he meant by that is, when it comes to software, it really does just boil down to one person's imagination. And if their imagination is good enough, Everyone locks on and everyone starts using it. So when you're dealing with the imagination of the entire development and software community, you will never survive. You cannot possibly keep up. And especially, once again, in your early 20s, you're kind of like a sponge, but the older you get, you just, your ability to start over again with new uh, languages or ideas, it, it dissipates a little bit. Your ability or your willingness to start over starts to go down just every year incrementally as you get older. And he was talking about how even at Microsoft, it's not like there's any one person who understands the system as a whole. There, well, there might be a couple architects, but, but in general, the software developers who work there, it's not like they understand everything. They understand their one piece of the system, and that's it, because you couldn't possibly uh, consume all of it. It's just too much. So I was thinking about that, and I was trying to translate it to, obviously, not everyone works at Microsoft. But even for your own projects, I think you can adopt the same idea that eventually your project can get to a point where you can't easily take it in, where there's just so much abstraction and misdirection, if you're not careful, 
where you're always going here and then here and then this goes here and you're always mentally trying to splice or or piece everything together and it can kind of get overwhelming. So when you can, I think it's a really good approach to do as little as possible. So don't reach for an abstraction or create an abstraction or a new layer unless it is warranted and is demanded. So sometimes people have a need to prepare. They need to plan for the future. Um, And as we've talked about many times on this podcast, I think the truth is you don't know what the future holds. You really don't. You don't know if the business will be alive in a year, you know, especially if this is your own thing or you're at a startup. You just don't know. So when it comes to uh, your, your code base and how you architect things, always shoot, I would recommend, for as little as possible. And that can go down as low as putting an active record call in your controller. Well, you could extract a repository because what if you need to switch this out or what if you just want to type into an interface and be isolated from your database layer? Um, Yeah, there's all these what-ifs and people use lots of terms to describe them, whether it's maintainability or protection or security or however they want to phrase it, but it still boils down to this idea that you are writing code in preparation for something that may never happen. And when you do that, it might pay off, but I think a lot of people will find more often than not, it doesn't pay off. You created this abstraction and it didn't really help you other than maybe to to stroke your ego. And it's a lot more sophisticated than a couple eloquent calls in the controller. It makes you feel better about yourself. You know, I don't care what anyone says, that factors into the equation. Um, our, our need to complicate things is is kind of insane and it exists with most people. So you always have to push for as little as possible. Or in other words, I want to write as few lines of code as possible. We're always talking about maintainability, but you also want to talk about changeability. And I think that's even more important in many ways. Who cares if this thing is maintainable, whatever that means? You know what? I have projects that I maintain that only require one or two updates a year. Okay, so maintainability doesn't mean anything. But what does mean something is changeability. How easy is this component or this class or or this thing to change given the possibility that new requirements will come in or I will need this thing to do something different than I expected six months from now? Well, the fewer lines of code you have, the better, I would say. And no, that doesn't mean everything should be as procedural as possible and you should never have a variable more than one or two letters. No, of course, that's not what I mean. But what it does mean is don't, once again, don't reach for all of these abstractions until you need them. You know, you can talk about the different entry points into your application all you want. Well, what if what if there's an API or, or what if I want a command line thing? Um, okay, but you probably won't ever do that. If you do do that, then if you optimize for changeability, then you can extract at that point. But you don't start with that. You only extract when you need to and when it is required of you. I think that's a good way to go. But you know what? Even beyond code, I think it's just a good habit to get into as little as possible, as little stuff as possible. Uh, I think a lot of people find the more stuff you acquire, uh, what's the phrase about um, it ends up owning you, the stuff you own ends up owning you. I mean, have you not felt that? Sometimes I I envy the people who just live in a backpack and then they travel around the world. Because at this point, I have a home and a wife and a kid and... There are so many stupid items in our bathroom cabinets, you know, and it's all just stuff you have to deal with. So you apply that same thinking to your personal life, to your software life, to to your developer life. I I think it's a good way to go. Also, in terms of the tooling you pick, um, I I was listening to 
I brought this up before. I was listening to Morgan Spurlock, who creates a bunch of documentaries. Um, and he was on a podcast, and I can't remember who it was with, but the person was apologizing because they just had kind of a dinky setup. Maybe they were traveling or something. And they just had kind of a simple mic and a simple camera. And Morgan was saying, and this is like a big-time director who's been in movie theaters, and he was saying, no, this is great. This is all you need. So often people want to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars getting the perfect setup, when in reality, this this little $100 portable mic you have here, I'm like, that's going to be perfect for your needs. So that's something that he talks about quite a lot, too. As little as possible. You don't need to go crazy. You just need to actually build something or record something or film something. And that $100 mic is probably going to be fine for you until you need something better. But for a little podcast on the road, it's great. Keep it simple. So finally, I'll, I'll finish this off by um, making a note on libraries and frameworks. Um, as we've talked about before, th there's a segment of the PHP community who seems kind of offended by um, using frameworks, and I'm not exactly sure why. Um, sometimes it seems like the the thinking is that framework authors or communities, they, they don't have your best interest in mind, and they want to force you to do their thing, and they're going to lock you down and keep you from leaving. And I just, I, I've never seen that. I don't know where it comes from. Um, from my experiences, whether it's something like Laravel or using a library or using jQuery, the, the authors are not trying to hurt you. They're trying to make your life easier. Uh, if you think of jQuery with John Resig, who, um, who's the creator of jQuery, he didn't have any bad motives. His motives were, God, this is annoying and terrible to do. Maybe we can wrap it up and make it that much more readable. And that's it. It doesn't extend any further than that. So I'm not sure where the animosity actually comes from, because once again, if we adopt this principle of as little as possible, well, if, if I can embrace a library or I can embrace a framework, it allows me to write less code. Yes, I can make a router on my own. In fact, at Laracast, I'm doing this uh, PHP for beginner series. Uh, you, may, you may not need it. It's really for people coming into the language. But we are setting up a little router and a request class, and I'm doing it for educational purposes. But once again, I would never recommend that you maintain your own router in real life. It's not going to be as good. It's not going to be as bug-free in my mind versus, I mean, you're, you're battling your own code versus the entire open source community who contributes to a project to make it that much more secure and readable and fluent uh, and all of that stuff. But, but more important than anything, if I can take this custom router I have here and swap it out for whether it's a routing library or framework that provides routing out of the box, that is less code I have to write. So once again, we're pushing for as little as possible. The less code I have to write and the less code I have to maintain, the better. I mean, life is too short to maintain every piece of the puzzle. You're just going to fail and you're not going to do as great of a job. Okay, so, so that's all I have to say about that. As little as possible, I think is a good way to live your life.